All right, good day and welcome to another episode of Rotafest Detail Memoirs, but it is our Business 101 series. I should have worn a tie. I know you should have <laughs> with Penta St. Clair, but how many uh detailers yeah. wear a tie? I don't know, but I've got <laughs> I've got one that's a Jerry Garcia that's purple, and then I've got one that's a, a, a Winnie the Pooh tie. That's my that's it. Funerals, weddings. That's I think my... I think we talked about that at one point during one of these yep. where I you know I used to go to a Lake Tiff meeting with a coat and tie in the early days, and I told people, yeah, you know, I take the wax off with my tie. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a microfiber tie. You have about ten Jerry Garcia ties. We'll, we'll I told my to, kids no more ties. I don't want yeah. to wear a tie. We'll talk to the rag company and see if we can get an official Prentice Sinclair detailing progress microfiber tie. That would so, be super cool. We are we're once again at the Business 101 series and these have been awesome. We got some really good feedback so Phenomenal far. Phenomenal feedback, especially the last one on compliance. So make sure you go check it out. This week we're talking about one of those other boring, uh, one of those what? discussions that most people avoid or ignore, and that is insurance. No, we're talking training. Oh, we're training. We're That's training. right. We did insurance insurance is next time. I was going to say, what the hell is this guy talking fun. about? No, yeah. training's a lot of fun. So yeah. insurance was last week. Sorry, so my brain. Training everywhere. is one of those things that people talk about, but then they, they hesitate to do it. And we always get the same question. People will be like, you know, I thought about doing training. Is it really worth it? And I think that's kind of a no brainer. So let's just answer the question for everybody. If you've ever said, is training worth it? The answer is yes. yes. It's always worth it. Always, always, always learn more. You're going to learn something no matter what. So even if you pick up one or two little tidbits, and I don't care if you've been doing it for 25 years, I've been in the room when Prentice has learned something. So I've been yeah. in the room when Prentice is teaching and I've yes, learned something. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's, that's why we've funny. turned to Prentice to help us. You You've been in the room when a light bulb went off over my head, like yeah. no, oh, when my light. Went oh my off. gosh, that's something I should do. So, Prentice, let's talk about training because you know a lot about that subject. I do. I've been a trainer in the industry since 1999. Um, five years previous to that, full time as a mobile operator. I still work on cars. Uh, I think it kind of makes me new year, a bit unique from the standpoint of training because. There's a lot of fantastic trainers out there, but they don't really have a detail shop per se. Um, and it doesn't make them bad, but uh, just sort of a unique perspective from the standpoint of um, why am I talking about myself? We're supposed to be talking about training. L well, this is because the you line. are the trainer extraordinaire. Yes, because <laughs> it says so somewhere on a shirt that I wear sometimes. Um, here's the thing about training, guys. Really, really important bottom line. L you can do like I did and spend three, four, five years out on the road detailing, trying to pick up tips and tricks in here and there and become a pretty darn good detailer. Or you can go to a formal detailing program that's either a day, a uh, couple of days, three days, five days and get everything wrapped up in, in a bow. And then you're out and then you're a professional right from the start. And hopefully yes. that training includes a lot of the business stuff that we've been talking about. Um, but the, mm -hmm. but the training, it just uh, brings you to the next level very quickly. Um, and I'll tell you, even if you're a seasoned professional, you can still learn new things from going to a one-day training event or going to Mobile Tech Expo and spending, you know, a couple of days in all the seminars that we'll be putting on. 
um, or going to your local suppliers tech night or whatever it is that's going on around you. Even going to one of the formal training programs that are offered around the country. Like, you know, Rennie and I have been trainers in the industry for years. I went to his training and I took, I just counted 26 pages of notes over five days, over five days. And I'm a trainer. Okay. So that's how much I learned, how much I felt it was important to write stuff down. And here's another thing. When you go to training events, not only do you learn from whoever's providing the training, you're going to learn from the other people there. And in Mm -hmm. fact, when I provide training, I always learn stuff from my attendees. Almost every single time I learn something in there. And sometimes it's, it's pretty impactful what I learned from those folks. So we all learn from each other. Yeah. And it may not be something that's, I think people get the misconception of any kind of training, schooling, whatever, that you're going to go in there and all of a sudden the world's going to be opened up and there's, you know, 800 pounds of stuff that fits in a 50 pound sack. Sometimes you go to a training and it's just a little tidbit here or there. Um, I've had people ask me about the one day trainings and I'm glad you mentioned those because the one day trainings are invaluable. First off, they get you an introduction. You know, if Prentice is putting on a one day training and you go to it and you like it, you're like, I want to learn more. So and anybody, if you go to a one day training, it's a smaller investment and you can kind of get an idea of what you're looking at at a micro level. Mm-hmm. Um, Mobile Tech Expo is a good example of that or any of those where you can go, you know, Southern Detailers Conference, Mobile Tech Expo, SEMA, anything where you can go and sit and learn from somebody else. I mean, I I have been very, very fortunate because we know a lot of the people in the industry. And so I've been able to sit down on some stuff from Mike Phillips, from Prentice, from, you know, Rennie Doyle, from Mark, you know, Jason Rose at the Rupes training center. And I, I always highlight that one because it was incredible. We were at the Rupes training center. I've got a polisher in my hand, Jason Rose behind me, Rennie Doyle behind me (laughs) at, in the same time. Uh, I had Mark Elliott, the two Parker brothers, all standing behind me and I was like, I'm really intimidated, but holy crap, <laughs> the, the amount of knowledge that's behind me that's watching me is phenomenal. Yeah. Well, the thing that was cool about that experience too was as they were watching you, Mark Elliott went over and went like this on your hand and literally yep. barely touched your hand. He goes, just a little more pressure. Right. right. And, and that, it's amazing how just a little more pressure, a little bit of technique. I, I remember when we were at Air Force One and Scott Masha was working with me and I was I I wanted to go this way. And the the polisher was kind of walking on me. That's the way I'd done it. And he goes, Why don't you just out of curiosity switch hands? And boy, I switched hands and all of a sudden I had better control of what I was working on. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, with, with those little tips and tricks. Um, I will say that, um, a, a training event for detailing for the technical side of it should include a lot of process information. And I always try to include a lot of that. And I'm sure the other, uh, big hitters in the industry as on the training side, do the same thing because when you come out, even of a one day training event, you should have some step-by-step ideas about how to approach a car for standard detailing at least. And, and that's really what I focus on. So when you're investigating um, training, places to go for training, that's one of the things that you really want to ask about is, is are you going to show me process and procedures? I need step-by-step instructions on how to take care of this. You know, the, the, one of the most rewarding training experiences uh, that I've been involved in 
was a, um, a car wash out in uh, Plymouth, Minnesota, where they called me. They saw one of my presentations somewhere and said, hey, we, we need your help. And and it was taking them 10 hours to process a complete detail on a car. And that's with a couple of people working. OK, so wow. I went out there and, and they did one of my five day formal training programs. And by the fourth day of the training program, they had cut that down to five hours. Yeah, During wow. the training event, they cut down the processing time by half. So right. that is really what one of the big things you should get out of a training program, regardless of if it's one day, two days, five days, whatever it is, you should get a lot of process information that makes you more efficient and more effective than what you do. Because that's that's the bottom line with detailing. The more time you spend, the less money you're making. Yeah. And I think that's, that is looking at that. And that's where, you know, Jody's talking about sometimes people look at this and go, well, that's boring. But if you can cut a detail by two hours, I mean, yeah. holy crap, that's what, that's one of the whole reasons that, um, you know, software, when we do trainings for software, the idea of putting an electronic software system in place is to cut down the time and make it so that you have more time to be making money and yeah. less time processing paper. And so, um, the, I think the nice part about going to a formal training is even if that's not how you do it. And I've seen people at trainings that were literally just like, I don't do it that way. And it doesn't work for me. Watch somebody else's process. Cause you're going to pick up one or two little things that are going to make it way more efficient. And yes. that's what you're trying to do. Just having a rolling cart that has all your products and have them lined up in the order that you're going to be using them. You think that's, oh, that's just anal retentive and that doesn't make any difference. Oh, it does. When you're hunting for product as opposed yeah. to having it on you, you know, um, um, a detailer's helper belt. So you have all your products in the right spot and you know that this one's over here and this one's over here and this is this towel and this is this towel. That, that kind of efficiency is completely invaluable. It makes money. Yeah, it, it and that's the bottom line money. is people are trying to make money at this stuff. That's what you're trying to do. So um, anything you can do to listen to professionals that can help you with that process. So in your training specifically, what do you focus on and what order do you focus on things throughout the five days? Right. So my five-day formal training program uh, includes um, – processes, learning processes um, for what I call standard interior, exterior, and complete detailing. So I teach a standard process that is going to fit most cars that come into your shop or your mobile operation. Um, and it's a step-by-step -step process and we do it through demonstration and then hands-on supervised practice. So, so for example, on Monday, um, we'll spend half the day talking about uh, business detailing in general, your business, um, your menu. Um, mm -hmm. I, I really, I, I do a lot of work with, with the menu that might be already existing for somebody, um, or all, or help them put together a menu if they don't have, have one, because the menu determines what your procedure is going to be. So mm -hmm. if you've got 14 items on your menu, you have to have 14 different procedures. So I, my, my point is, Let's do three items and then three procedures and then have some extra stuff down here on on the side that are, are custom add ons. That's that's my big thing about menus. So we spend the, the first the first half of the first day going over all the overview stuff and then determining what the menu is going to be, because then that's what gets included in the training. That afternoon, we do the prep wash um, and engine bay detailing. The next day, we spend the whole day on interior. 
Um, the next day we had spend the whole day on standard exterior. Then the next day we spend the whole day on paint correction and um, probably do some uh, ceramic coating at that point. And then the final day is uh, a complete detail supervised practice. I want to see that you got what I'm talking about, um, including all the different chemicals that are involved, all the equipment that's involved and the actual procedures and also the way that you approach the car. There's also rules of motion. For example, uh, dealing with the outside of the car, whenever you're standing in front of the doors of the car, you start with the roof first. I can't believe how many times I have to yell at people about that in class. Why are you claying the side of the door when you haven't done the roof yet? Why are you polishing the side of the door when you haven't done the roof yet? Why are you putting ceramic coating on the door when you haven't ceramic coated the roof yet? It just makes sense. Do the roof first, work the way down. So that's a rule of motion. That's just one example. We go through all those on the inside of the car too. Everything has, has an approach and a rule of motion and a technique. And that's what I go over in my training. But it's so much more than that when, when I provide a five-day formal training program because it's all the business stuff. All the stuff that we're going over in, in, this, in this series, we go over um, uh, placed in different places during that formal training based on the extent to what the, the customer needs. So I kind of customize my training based on, you know, some people are really good at bookkeeping. They don't need a lot of work on that. Some people are great at marketing. They don't need an old man like me to tell them how to market. You know, you're, you're going to do those direct flyers, young man. Uh, <laughs> and that newspaper print ad, which sometimes is valid, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Is not as valid. So that's what my five-day formal training program uh, tries to do. But there's so many other options. I mean, I've got video training available too. Exactly. And now, it's and, and the thing is, is that that's true, that there's multiple ways to get it. And I am of the uh, belief that learning things in different ways is just as valuable. So yes. being on-site learning in person in a one-day being on-site learning in, in person in a five-day, learning online, watching a YouTube video, calling somebody on the phone, all of those things learn different parts of your brain. And that's what... Okay. So so I, I always recommend getting training from multiple sources uh, because not any one person is not going to be able to give it give it to you all. Now, I, I tend to be biased. I think that my, my training program is pretty thorough. But I can tell you, you go to Tom Polancy at Simon Eyes, you go to uh, Bob Myers at Pro. You know, yeah. as a matter of fact, Bob Myers is the first person that taught me about detailing years ago. Mike Pulaski at PDP, you go to Auto Geek, you go to Mike, see Michael Stoops at McGuire's. Um, you come out to the to one of the monthly PNS trainings that we have at PNS head, headquarters in Hayward. Um, it's it's everyone's going to be a little bit different, uh, mm -hmm. but but you yeah. got to go somewhere. And I've just mentioned a few that I took notes on. There are so many different detailed training programs out there for sure. And I think part of it is to find somebody that fits your personality. That's um, true. Yes. Because sometimes like, like I, there's certain people that train and they are. Um, so if you go to Rennie Doyle's training and you have Rennie and Diane, that is a certain way of training and they are very, very thorough. Um, you go to have someone instruct you like Diana Balboni and she's very, very soft-spoken. And some people don't react well to that, and other people react great to it. Um, I think you have to find what your learning style is. Some people would love the video series because it's self-paced, and they could really hone in and rewind, watch it again, rewind, watch it again. And 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 I think that's important is to kind of do that, feel that out, because we've been to some of the one-day trainings, and depending on who is doing the training and where you're at, it's a totally different thing. I've been to multiple of the PNS trainings, 
um, the one day stuff. And if it's somewhere where, uh, we were in Utah, Rennie Doyle was doing it. It was absolutely fantastic, but it was go, 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 yeah. uh, fast paced. Um, I've been at other places where like Levi Gates and it's very, um, hands-on, but he's a little more mellow. Right. Um, you know, uh, uh, um, Kilmer and Kilmer. His... Yeah. Jason Kilmer. Jason sanding Kilmer. Training. If you want to learn Ooh. how to stand, Oh my yeah. gosh, that guy's phenomenal. Um, and then, you know, like with you, you're just kind of a down to earth, very approachable person that I, and I think that people need to do that is to do, like you said, multiple sources, go to different people to learn stuff. Um, and every aspect of it is different. Everybody's an expert at different things. You know, Kyle Clark on an RV versus Nathan Warren on a boat. You know, you've got similar, similar, um, materials, but it's a different method. It's a different mentality when it's a boat versus a, an RV versus an airplane versus, you know, polishing metal. If you, you know, so one of the questions I have, and I think a lot of business owners ask this, they ask two questions. One, how do I know if it's a good program? And two, should I also train my team? Huh, interesting. So how do you know it's a good program? Well, I think, first of all, you, you look at that person's background who's, who's doing the training and see if there's any substance there. Um, I would certainly recommend going to somebody who is a recognized trainer, an IDA recognized trainer. I mean, that's going to give some validity immediately. There's only about 35 of us in the world. Um, these are folks that have been vetted through the IDA uh, uh, process to, to, to validate the fact that they are a recognized industry trainer. Um, but then, you know, uh, references are important. Um, you know, what does that person do in the industry in general? Uh, are they out there in the industry? Uh, are they providing seminars and trainings for, for some of the, um, for for some of the events that we have, like Mobile Tech Expo, and, and hopefully, well, not SEMA this year as much, but SEMA next year. Some of the different things that we do out there. You know, one of the one of the cool ways of getting in touch with a trainer is to go see them do a, a webinar or a presentation somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you know what? Mobile Tech Expos. Let's say you want to you want to vet uh, Tom Polancy or a Jason Rose or a or or a, a Rennie Doyle. Um, you know, go see what is their presentation style like. Yeah. Is it thorough? Does it make sense to you? That's that's the that's a really interesting thing. There have been a number of people uh, over the years. I've been doing presentations at at uh, at uh, conventions for years, for decades, and and people will come up to me afterwards and say that made sense to me. I really understand right. what you're talking about. That's gratifying to me because that means I communicated it well. But I know sometimes what stuff that I say doesn't make sense to people because we don't communicate the same way. That's okay. Yeah. So a really easy way to vet somebody is just to look at a webinar maybe that they've done for the IDA or um, or see them in person at a presentation. You, don't, you really don't have as much expense in that. But then you get to kind of see their teaching style and if it makes sense to you. Or go to a one-day event or a special presentation event that they're doing and then if it makes sense then you go back and do a more formal training with that individual or that school uh, whichever one it, it, it might be now one of the things in training that you need to consider especially if you're going to be bringing employees is where is the training going to be okay mm -hmm. do you right. have five people that you need to bring to a training event that's fine but that can get really expensive especially yes. if it's out yes. of state and you got travel costs so uh, there are a few of us that actually go out on the road and that's my favorite way of doing it. 
you know, if you're in Texas, if you're in Florida, if you're in uh, Rhode Island, if you're in Minnesota, it, the, the detailing atmosphere is completely different in each one of those places. Yes. So for me, for you to come to, to, to San Diego or to Hayward, California, and, and for me to teach you a way to detail a car, you're going to go back and say, that doesn't work here. We got different yeah. atmosphere conditions and our customers are different. So right. what I like to do is go out to the location, uh, even if, pos if, if po even if possible ahead of time and kind of evaluate the whole situation. Who are the customers like? What are they looking for? What is your weather like? What is your shop like? Okay. And then come back and say, okay, number one, we need to get your shop up to speed with, with chemicals and equipment. Let's get all that in place. Then I'll come out for five days. We'll train you on all that new chemicals and equipment and take into account what kind of vehicles are coming in. What do they need? What do the customers generally want? What do 80% of the customers want in your neighborhood where you're working? That's what you need to focus on and develop a process and a training program that satisfies that 80% of the people out there. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so that's a, all of that is included in a good training program. Yeah. And a lot of times is if people don't notice, like for instance, if I got to send five people to a training, right. And we, we do this for training on our software. Sometimes people will recommend that we come out and work through the process that they have to see if the, if the electronic, if the, if the invoicing system and all that inventory management is, is, it would cost you so much money to send five people out to right. our place as opposed to paying one of us to fly out there. I mean, right. you know, here's the cost differential one to five. It, it makes sense to get people on site and, um, and really well, so like, it's, it's the customization part of it too, because then yeah. uh, we are at your location seeing exactly what's goes on, which may change some small aspects of what we're teaching you uh, because your situation is different than what I normally see back at my own shop in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. The other one I was going to mention when you were saying is to watch a presentation by theirs is you, you might want to subscribe to, I don't know, road FS detail memoirs and look back through the hundreds of memoirs and see if one of these people or most of these people are been on and watch the 30 minute presentation and kind of listen to their style, right? They're watching you right now and um, you're no different in person than you are on this. I mean, you're, like I said, very approachable, soft-spoken and, and, you know, the instruction is I'm pinpoint. Well, yeah, it's pinpoint. <laughs> I mean, I've been there when you've corrected me or someone else. Yeah. I'm going to back up from the microphone a little bit. It's, I'm uh, soft-spoken. Right. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And I've yeah. seen that, but it's, it's very, it's very uh, pinpoint directed at what you're doing. The correction is, Hey, you need to do this instead of that. Right. It's not yeah, like I, can, I, can, I can definitely be intense, but it's because I'm trying to get a point across. Look, you've got to understand the way to do this. Right. Otherwise, you're going to go back and struggle and you're going to ask me later. So right. but that's the only or time it's going to really take 10 times as long or you're going to damage the vehicle or you're going to do something that's. Yeah, don't do that. When somebody tells you that in a training, don't do that. You want to listen. I mean, the, the famous one everybody talks about is Diane Doyle. Do not lean on the car, period. But there's a reason for that. Right. You're you're damaging the paint. Knock that it you off. Just fixed. You know. <laughs> so yeah. so it's very and you you it sticks in your head and that's a very right. it's what people need because you sometimes people don't think about that. You know, hey, you got your shirt tucked in. And you're wearing a belt. Uh, no, not gonna fly. You know, you're wearing a ring and you're wiping down a car. There's a there's a spot that's gonna be in there. Just little silly things that you don't think about. And um, I don't think people understand that it's it is very. Um, 
it is down to the details. No pen and pun intended. It is down to the it's details. It's a detail in progress. How, <laughs> how you can make it more efficient and get that one out the door and the next one in. That's right. Right That's there. Right, straight right up there. above detail in progress. So um, I think the, the key to this is that this isn't like media press, right? The old adage, there's not bad press. There is bad training. Right. If if you yeah. see somebody using a brush and they're dipping it in a bucket and they're scraping the side of the car like they're at the old, you know, quickie car wash, that is bad training. Don't do that. There's some stuff on the internet that's sketchy, you know, and you're gonna have to vet that out. Consider but, the source. Yes. Yeah, that's and important. It's really easy to ask. It's really easy to ask somebody that is, uh, like you said, IDA, CDSVRT, recognized trainers. There are like 35 of them. They're all approachable. You can send them an email. You can get a hold of them. Ask Prentice. He will tell you if that person yeah. over there, you know. Well, and, and that's I, a shout out to the IDA, right? Because yeah. one of the things that the IDA is trying to do is set up certified training programs that you can go and make sure that you are, like you shared, following a process, doing the techniques appropriately, <clears throat> and addressing the customer appropriately. So I think it's really important that you look all of those at all of those resources. But to your point, where are those resources coming from? Mm -hmm. What is their background? What is their motive? What are they trying to do to help you grow your business? Yeah, if you've got, you know, Joe Detailer in, in the middle of a field showing you how to use a pressure washer versus, you know, somebody like a, a Michael Stoops in a in a beautiful training center, which one are you going to listen to? All right. So I got to I, I got I to say one thing, um, because we we get a lot of confusion with the International Detailing Association and what we do and do not provide you use the term setting up certified programs the ida does not set up programs. Yeah, sorry yes okay that's okay I'm, and i'm not i'm just catching that nope. so nobody has a misunderstanding what the ida does is it has some uh, minimum qualifications for somebody to be a recognized trainer and they have to actually do an application process and have to have a minimum number of years as a uh uh publicly publicly known detailing instructor in the industry and a number of other things that go into that before you become a recognized trainer. And I will say there's a lot of detailing operators who think that they get their CD, they get their SV, and then they can go for their RT. And that's not an automatic progression. RT is a very different thing. And we're yeah. gonna, we might even change the, the name of that that's coming up um, to recognize, uh, in industry trainer, as opposed to just recognized trainer. And then the other thing is that the, the IDA also has certified detailing training centers, which is sort of the same thing. A training okay. center like PDP in Ohio can actually apply because they have an existing center that's been in operation for a number of years. Um, well-known, um, and they have to go through a whole vetting process to be, one of the recognized training centers through the IDA. The IDA didn't set up that training center. Right, All right. To look at it and say, okay, obviously this is an excellent training center. They know what they're doing. They're industry uh, providers, um, providers of industry training. And so we're going to say, yes, this is an IDA recognized training center. So that is also something to look out for. That's if you want to go somewhere for your training, 
um, you want to go, you know, preferably to a recognized training center. And I will say this, um, I'm not saying that you have to hire somebody that's willing to come out to you to get good training. Excellent training centers out there. Like I said, Simonize, Tom Polanski's got a great program, Michael Stoops. Um, there's a number of training centers, other places that may not even be involved with the IDA that, that provide great detail training. So don't think that you have to hire somebody to come out to your location. You can go to a training center and yeah. typically that's going to be a little bit less money. Um, I mean, for a five day formal training program, guys, we're talking easily a few thousand dollars for a yeah, good. Yeah. Program. Yeah. But that you've got to think of it not as an expense, but as an investment in right. your future. Okay. Right. Like Absolutely. And if you money. save, if you can figure out how to save even an hour per detail, think about how many details how you do a that? year. Yeah. I mean, we went, we went through a process with a guy where we, um, we asked him to formally look at how much time he was spending just on processing invoices and he saved 20 minutes per invoice. And he literally kept wow. saying, it's, it's not a big deal. It's just not a big deal. When he added up how many invoices and he looked at the hourly wage that somebody took to process that 20 minutes and he multiplied it by his 15 people and yep. one year he literally turned white. He's like, there is no way I pay $200,000 a year. And I said, I didn't do the math. You did. So yep. um, that that's something you've got to look at. It is don't, totally an investment. It's like buying a new machine, right? It's you, you have to do it. Um, okay. I, so I, go ahead, I have a question that, that comes up and this is um, this is one of those that's touchy and I'm not talking about any specific brand of products, but I've had a question that came up of, okay, so should I go to a training that's held by a product company for their product? And I've only been to a couple of them and I know, of, well, several of them, but I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and answer my own question of let's take ceramic coatings, for instance, and a company is providing a training to be a certified installer for their ceramic coating. What are your thoughts on that? Oh boy. <laughs> All right. So how do I do this and be politically correct? Um, I would rather answer the question that you started with, which is, should I go to a brand specific training? Sure. Program? Sure. Go ahead. And I, I would say, you know, let me even back up a little bit farther than that. Number one, when you're considering going to a training program, they should be able to offer you a set of learning objectives and an outline. What are they going to go over and what are the learning objectives? Um, that'll get, that should give you an idea of what you're going to get when you go there or what you're supposed to get. That's what a learning objective is. Mm -hmm. By the time you leave here, you will understand how to apply XYZ coding. All right. You will have a process to do that. That's a learning objective. Right. So then you start getting into um, the more specific question, should I go to, to the, the pro training center? Should I go to the Simonized training center? Should I go to Ardex? Should I go to Malco? Should I go to PNS? Um, and you look at these companies and every single one of those chemical companies it is a reputable company, especially if they're a, a supplier member of the IDA. Right. They've got some reputation, okay? So I don't think you're going to get a bad training from one of the big manufacturers of chemicals. Right. Now, we'll focus on their chemicals. Sure. But hopefully their training also is generic enough um, that it tells you that it's not just uh, this brand, brand X of carpet cleaner. That is the mm -hmm. one you need to use. It's this is a carpet cleaning chemical. And you should be able to go to any chemical company and look up their carpet cleaning chemical and say, oh, I know how to use that. I don't Correct. care whose company it comes from. 
Yep. Okay. So, so that I think that's true. Um, going out on a limb a little bit, but I think that's true of all the main major uh, detailing chemical manufacturers. Is that you know they're going to give you training on their products, but that should you should be able to have a generic understanding of how to use an all-purpose cleaner. And what yep, kind of right. all-purpose cleaner should you be using? Should you be right. using the highly corrosive all-purpose cleaners? No. Use the one that's milder. Okay. That yeah. kind of thing. Well, and the, pH and the neutral, added benefit hopefully. to that is you get exposed to potential products and or systems that are a right fit for you and your area. Right. Right. And so unless you <clears throat> invest in yourself and consider those options, I mean, I mean, how many people have been doing something the same way over and over year after year and the chemicals and the systems and the polishers have enhanced, they've improved. Yes. And if you're still doing it the way you did 10 years ago, you're missing out at an opportunity for you and your business. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly how I was hoping you'd answer that question. And by the way, we didn't talk about this ahead of time. So that is absolutely well, how then- I- because that's what I found is that every one of them that I've gone to, no matter who the manufacturer, if you are going to a quality manufacturer of products, they are, yes, teaching you about product X, which they would love you for you to use, but this is applicable to all in this area. Iron type of removers. Don't spray it directly on ceramic brake pads. You're going to corrode them. People won't be able to use them. Do this, do that. They're giving you specific training on the chemical properties and not just on their product. Well, it should be the the techniques should be generic and that should be applicable to to any company. Yes, and absolutely. That's the best way to do that. So and I'll tell you what, those of you that are that have been using the same chemicals for years, you really do need to branch out and look at some other companies because most of these major manufacturers that I've been mentioning have, have had incredible breakthroughs in the last 10 years in individual aspects of their chemical line. Some companies focus on cleaners, some companies focus on polishes, but each one has, has had terrific enhancements in their mm-hmm. products. Um, and we've had even completely new newly developed types of products come out, chemicals come out that make our jobs easier and allow us to do more things for our customers, which means, guess what? Making more, more money. money. Yeah. So and let's the, go back to ceramic for just yeah. a minute because you talked about ceramic coating. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a ceramic coatings, number one, is an opinion-filled area, arena. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Okay. Huh. Uh, you, get, you get five different ceramic co- companies in the same room, and you better have boxing gloves and bouncers to, to get them off of each other. Um, so that's it's a touchy subject. Um, but I think each person who's trying to learn how to use ceramic coating, you need to, to look at what are your goals? Do you yep. need to buy an exclusive territory in your area for several thousand dollars and a pallet full of stuff? Um, is that going to help your business? Or maybe you go to like a one day ceramic coating uh, certification class where they teach you how to use that company's ceramic coating, which by the way, usually is going to translate over to, to most ceramic coatings. And yes. the methodology is pretty much the same across, right. across the different coatings, you know, where your financial commitment is maybe five, six hundred, a thousand dollars versus several thousand dollars. And then you can go back home and decide, well, do I want to use this company's coating or do I want to buy some of this company's coating and use the same procedures that I learned over here using this stuff. So right. I, I think yeah. you really got to, look at what your goals are um in 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 providing ceramic coating um 
services to your customer. Now, I'll, I'll say this on a personal level. Like I say, when I'm not teaching, I'm working on cars. Uh, and so it took me a little while. It takes me a long time to adopt things. I'm just, I'm an old, an old guy and it takes me a, a time to, you know, that this, this Insta face scram book, all that nonsense. But anyway, with <laughs> ceramic coatings, it took me a while to actually start doing them and other people around me were blowing it out of the park. Um, but once I started doing ceramic coatings, you have got to get into it. If you're not into it, the profit potential is unbelievable. The results are stunning. That's a, in a word. If you do it right, the results are absolutely stunning and your customers are going to be blown away. And I'm blown away every time I do it. Right. Like, yeah. I didn't know that. How is it possible? I just did a roof on a 2013 volt. Um, it was completely oxidized, uh, base coat, clear coat. And I thought, I'm not going to be able to do anything with this. Well, with some good chemicals and a good pad and a good machine, we were able to make that make that roof look pretty shiny. And then follow up with two coats of ceramic coating so it's going to stay that way for years to come right yeah right that, and i think I mean, the key I, to it that, blew my own mind like i didn't know i could do that that's great yeah, yeah and i think the key to that is that's when you do need to be communicating with the particular chemical company that's producing that ceramic because like you talked about two coats can you put one coat on top of the other should you polish in between which is what are the properties of this what is a one year versus a five year there's a lot of information out there and yeah. it can be very confusing but what okay. i have found and I am not, it is, I've, I've talked to several companies. I haven't talked to all of them, but the companies that you're mentioning, you know, the PNS and, uh, Bob Myers and Onyx and some of the companies that are out there now, they will answer those questions. And I think that is what's really important. Can you get a hold of a person to yeah. talk to them about the individual properties of that coding and what are, Again, what like you said, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to fix a, a, an oxidized roof and make it look as good as possible? Do you have a brand new car that just came from the dealership and you're just trying to preserve it? You know, are you, I talked to a guy the other day that is now using, and, and I, I don't know why I hadn't heard of this before, but I was like, uh, great idea. He's taken ceramic coating and that's what he uses after he restores headlights. So yeah. restore the headlights, put yeah. ceramic coating on yeah. it. You got a protectant because you're destroying that plastic when you do that. Um, and I'm like, that's fabulous. Which one should be the best? I mean, should you use a five-year coating on headlights? Yeah. Who knows? And so, I, I'll tell you, the jury's still out on that. I just started. Yeah. And I did, didn't just start, but probably within the last year or two, I've been applying ceramic coating to my headlight uh, restorations. Um, I used to do clear coat, actual spray, yeah. spraying yep. on clear coat because I also do paint work on cars. But um, the clear coat honestly didn't last and it started peeling back from the edges. So I stopped using that. Now I'm doing ceramic. So I'm still in an experimental stage. I've heard mixed reviews from other people. I think with headlight restoration, it's, it's, it, and then there's different plastics for some yeah. reason. There's yeah. some yeah. headlight plastics that will, after you clean them up and protect them, they'll last for years and others. You look at it two years later, it's, it's exactly it the way like, it was two yeah. years ago. Well, and that's the, that's the whole thing is, is we get advances every year. And I always tell people we are one or two advances away from another innovation. Yep. You know, um, one of the big questions that we'll leave hanging and maybe not try to answer today is why should I even do paint correction if I'm going to do ceramic coating? Shouldn't it fill in some of those small micro scratches and things like that? So these are why you would go to training. So ask the questions. That's, I think the biggest thing is like any kind of learning, training, schooling you're doing, you have got to ask questions. If you want to know something, ask the question and be humble about it. There's so many people that are, um, 
cocky, but it's because they don't have the confidence they need and they are afraid to ask a question. So they come across overly confident. Ask the questions. Hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. Should I do that? You know, hey, Prentice, I, you know, I was going to do the same thing. I was going to put my, you know, clear coat on headlights. What did you find? And should I use this or that? You know, ask people's opinions, especially people that have been in the industry for a number of years and they have that RT, you know. That's- I think one of the things, and this is kind of underlying, but I think it's important to note you as a business owner need to invest in yourself. You know, years ago when Rod and I first started Zenware and Rotafest, we went to a five-day event sponsored by Zions Bank that helped us look at our business from the perspective of a bank. You know, we also recently went through, I'm a certified edge coach. Rod and I did the disc assessment together. And the reason why we did that is because we wanted to look at each other's personality types so that we could better communicate not only with each other, but also with our team. And so as a business owner, as a leader, you need to be investing in yourself. Now, what are you doing to improve your game? You know, Jonah Gomez with Detailpreneurs, every Monday night on Instagram, he goes live and he shares something that he's personally working on and then sharing that with the people. So investing in yourself is a critical thing. And that's kind of what this underlying training is. But I think a lot of times we just go, I'm the boss, I'll figure it out. Instead of going, you know what? There's things that I don't know There's are things that I need to double down on that I'm good at. And maybe there are things that I'm not so good at, like reading contracts and agreements and getting into the nitty gritty. I'm not good at that. That's why I have somebody else do that. Right. So recognizing where you're good and where you're not and either fill in the gaps by getting the training you need or having somebody on your team support you in that area. Yeah. You know, there's 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 really two things that that you can go to training for. One is the technical aspects of detailing, which all of us need can can improve on. We all we all can improve on that. Just learning how to do a car better, faster, um, uh, get it done. You know, one of my mottos is better results faster. Okay, Um, and then the other side is all the business stuff that we've been talking about. So there's two sides of it where you can get training. and then, you know, the other thing that that going to a training event is ultimately going to do, regardless of where you go, it should help you have more confidence in your ability to to provide excellent service, which translates into the ability to charge what's appropriate for for what the service that you're providing. And it's almost an automatic thing. I get around other detailers. We start talking about um, packages and pricing and and what we're doing and and the level of service. And you just you just have a sort of a puffing up of that confidence, which so when the next time the phone rings, you know, instead of saying two fifty, you're willing to say three fifty. Then all of a sudden, that's your normal charge. You just you just incre- increased your price by a hundred bucks just by getting that confidence of being around other people and going through a training event and giving yourself more abilities so you can charge more and it's not i'm not talking about gouging the customer i'm not talking about just marking up prices just because but you know like i've been in company for a number of years and um i keep raising my prices because my service becomes more valuable yeah there's lots of other detailers that come into the community and charge a lot less than i do i don't really care 
because I've got my customers and they pay my price because they know my level of service and they like my level of service and they like me. So a training goes to that. It, it, that's another bonus, sort of a side benefit of going to a training is increasing your confidence. Yeah, I love that. Right, right. So, because you're not getting paid to put a coating on a car. You're getting paid for the years of knowledge and knowing how to take care of that car and make it look like you expect it to look when it comes out. That's what you're paying for. The coating is minimal. It's the experience and the knowledge. And unless you have the training, you don't have the knowledge. Right. Yeah. So in final wrap up, is there any last words of wisdom that you care to share about training because i mean we could obviously continue to go on but well i mean you know as a trainer in the industry for 22 years um i can say that i'm a big fan of training i go to training mm -hmm. i go to other people's stuff um because i know i can always learn more from other people um and really the bottom line is um if you're struggling or you're starting out you know, cut year. Why don't you cut some of those years of trying to learn stuff on your own? Just cut that short by three years, five years, whatever it is, and and take your business seriously and start being able to provide the level of service as soon as possible, um, the maximum level of service that you can provide, which means the maximum number, the maximum amount of profit right away, as opposed to waiting two, three, five years down the line when you have more experience. That's what right. training gives you is it gives you those, that shortcut to, to more money. Yep. That's awesome. Absolutely. So well, there you go. In wrap up, we could have just said that at the beginning. Training, <laughs> training is a shortcut to more money. Send the check. <laughs> Send so, the check, uh, baby. So before we wrap up, again, this is uh, a multi-part series. Um, you should not only subscribe to the channel so you can get all the notifications and help us out, but you should ask for friends to subscribe as well because they all need it. Um, so encourage other people to subscribe so that we can get more people watching this. Uh, appreciate everybody that's asked us questions along the way. Keep those coming. And as we continue with the series, we will answer those questions as we roll. So send them to Prentice at detailinginprogress.com. It's right, it's right yep. there. Yeah, right there. And, and, and really, honestly, any of you listening who have questions, you, you can. That's that's my email. Send me a question. Call me. My phone number should be somewhere around here. You can find it on the internet pretty easily. It's right here next to me all the time. The bat phone is right here. So, so call me, text me. I I really like to help the industry. I don't want to just sign you up for my training. I want to help you do better. Whether it's a five minute conversation or you know tell you know if you're thinking about going to a training school down the street and you you just don't know for sure, let's talk. I'm sure it's fine, but let's talk. I love answering questions. Yep. Yeah, well, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. And like Rod said, please like, share, and subscribe. And we will check you guys same time, same bat channel just next week on Rotafest Detail Memoirs Business 101 series. Thanks, Prentice. Thank See you. Ya. That was awesome.